Okay, here I am today, March 22nd, 2020. Tim Stone with you on this podcast called Blast. Here it is a couple weeks into this pandemic of the coronavirus. The world's going crazy. Uh, But things actually are making much more sense to me now. So I just want to keep sharing now. Up until today, my podcasts have been fairly philosophical as I've mainly tried to create a framework uh, for understanding my intentions and goals for not only this podcast, but for my life moving forward from this point. So I've decided today at this juncture, it would be beneficial for both me and for those of you listening to me if I got a little more vulnerable. I'm gonna get a little more raw and just share with you some of the actual details of my journey that have brought me to the place that I am today. You know, one thing that I believe is crucial to my ability to help inspire and influence others moving forward is my ability to be absolutely authentic, brutally honest, and perhaps even embarrassingly vulnerable as I share with you. I've got to tell you, this is something I am learning. It does not come naturally, but it is something I am willing to attempt at any cost because I believe that much of the power of transparency to uh, form connection and establish a pathway for sharing life comes from this. Um, And that's what I want to do. I want, I want to connect with people. I want to connect with you, my listener, and I want to be able to share real life with you. And I think that's only going to come as I learn to be transparent, vulnerable, and authentic. So with that said, I want to start with a disclaimer of sorts. Now, One thing I've noticed in the arena of personal development and motivation success that I've been in for a little while is that many, if not most of the speakers, writers, and influencers seem to approach the subject of a higher power or the universe or the divine in sort of a politically correct fashion, as if to ensure that no one in their audience will ever be offended by their own personal beliefs. You often hear in their addressing the public uh, an ongoing reminder that whatever you want to call this higher power or how you want to refer to it is totally up to you. But the one thing you almost never find out is what they themselves believe about that subject, unless they happen to already be known in their profession as a pastor or a priest or a particular kind of holy man or guru of their religion. Well, for myself, I am none of those. I'm not a pastor, a priest, a holy man uh, in my profession. But I want to change that up a bit as I as I uh, move into this arena. And if it's indeed true that it's perfectly okay that whatever persuasion a person is in regards to the religious beliefs, well, I want to enjoy that f- freedom myself and tell you that I myself am a believer in the one and true God who created the universe and everything that exists. And I am a passionate follower of his son, Jesus Christ, who from the, before the foundations of the earth was obedient to his father's design by coming to earth to suffer and die and be raised from the dead to fulfill the father's plan to reconcile humanity to himself. Now that's what I believe. There you go. I don't require you to believe as I do. I care for you and I want to journey with you and uh, I'd like to help each other regardless of how different our beliefs are. But I just want you to know that without a doubt, that's where my foundations are. 
and I am in no way ashamed of that. I hope you too will be inspired to be equally bold with who you are and what you believe, and also equally accepting of others, all others. One thing I think we can definitely all agree on is that this universe has been set up in such a way that there are laws that apply to everyone regardless of their belief. If an atheist, a devout Muslim, and a Christian jump off a building, they're all going to hit the ground and probably about the same time, according to Newton's laws, assuming that they all jumped off at the same time. It's called the law of gravity. There are equally universal laws in the metaphysical world, I believe, such as the law of attraction that apply to everyone regardless of their religious background. With these laws in common, I believe that we can go a long way in helping one another as we journey through this life that is our current reality. So, now I want to tell you a little bit about my journey. I want to start by saying that I now understand more than ever the saying that truth is stranger than fiction. As I share, I think you'll come to see what I mean. Okay, so up to this point today, I've been reading from notes that I wrote to kind of keep me on track, but now I want this part deliberately to be raw and real, so there's no telling how this is going to come out. I'm going off script now, I'm not going to use my notes. So here goes. A little over three years ago, three and a half years ago or so, as I had run my graphic art and sign company for 30 years, um, I began to contemplate the idea of selling it and retiring from that and going out um, into something else. I didn't know what. I just felt like it was time to explore some other things. Um, I was had been fairly successful at what I did. I, I enjoyed it for the time that I did it, but I just didn't want to keep doing that the rest of my life. I wanted to see what else there was. Now at the time I was just um, just thinking, just had had an idea, didn't know if it was feasible or, or how it would come about. But the question popped into my head, and I think it was put there by God. What would you want to do if if you stopped doing what you've been doing for 30 years? What do you want the rest of your life to look like? What do you want to do with the rest of your life? And again, without a lot of logic or figuring out why and how this would all come about, I I just thought that, you know, I'd really like to just be a help to people. I would love to serve people. I would like to, I would like to have all the time in the world, for instance, if I saw someone with a flat tire on the side of the road that I, I'm not going anywhere now. I, 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 I don't have anything else to do. I can stop and I can help that person change the flat tire. Or if, uh, if I knew someone had a need, they had a, a hole in their roof or something, I could go over and help them fix the hole in the roof, you know, if a storm had come through. Um, or if someone needed uh, money to, to go on a mission trip or money to build a building for something that was on their heart, I would have enough money that I could just give that to them, no questions asked. Um, so that that's kind of the thing that came out of my heart when that question posed itself, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I want to 
I would love to be at a place where I was not dependent on on money and dependent on t- the time it takes to make a living to just to keep myself alive and just to survive myself. I want to I want to have plenty of money to be a philanthropist. I mean, just to, to you know, I, I mean I, I was thinking big. I no, again, no idea how that would ever be accomplished, how to even start into that. Now, at that time, my life was comfortable. I'd made some decent money. Uh, things were pretty good in my family. Things things were comfortable, like I said. We had had a, heart, a house fire uh, a few years before that point, um, but I built that back, and uh, you know, my wife and kids and I worked together to get this house built back uh, better than ever, and we were enjoying life. Um, money, money was not a problem. Things were coming in. Uh, we, by that point in our life, uh, we had often taken family vacations to Colorado to go skiing in the winter. Several times, uh, went with my son hiking in the summer and climbed several 14,000 foot peaks together with my son and some friends and other people. Um, my daughter and I had taken a trip to New Zealand a few years back before that. Uh, my wife would have gone, but she just didn't want to endure that long plane ride. So I, I went I took my wife on a couple trips to Hawaii, just her and I, one over our anniversary. My son and I had gone to, on a trip to Brazil. And then just, uh, just around that time, actually, I believe it was right after I sold my business, I had saved up enough money and my daughter had been saving that the three of us, my my wife, my daughter, and I took a trip to Europe, a two-week trip, where we uh, drove around for a week um, through northern Italy and Switzerland and and Germany, and then took a river cruise for another week all the way through Germany and Austria, and ended up in Budapest. So life was really good. Uh, life was comfortable. Our relationships were good, and I want to I want to just kind of put a nail in that coffin by reading some of these. Uh, some cards that were written to me during those those uh, last few years that I was uh, still operating my business and you know leading up to that time here's here's one you'll see what you'll see later why why I'm reading these now but here's one from my wife uh, on on Father's Day I'm not sure exactly which year it was but uh, it's called for my man on Father's Day and I'm just gonna well I'll go ahead and read the sentiment for all your love the give and take, the sacrifices that you make for being husband, father, friend, investing with the time you spend for all the faithful things you do, your trust in God to see us through. I thank the Lord for every part and love my man with all my heart. And then her own, in her own words, Tim, thank you for being a great dad and for making a good life for us in every way possible, hoping and praying that our relationship will meet the hopes and dreams of the child within you. Here's to us, much love, Karen. She's a great writer. She's good at expressing her thoughts. Here's another one. This was uh, on my birthday, okay? For my husband, the man of my heart, the strength of my life, Tim, in every way, your husband who makes me proud to be his wife, and with every year I love you even more. Happy birthday, and now her own handwritten sentiment. The more our story unfolds, the more deeply I love you. Thank you for your loyalty and tenacity. Love, Karen. Okay, one more from her, and then I'm going to read some from my daughter. 
this, let's see what this is for. This is another birthday. Okay. For my husband, a man after God's heart. Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. There is nothing else that could make me feel more honored than sharing my life with you, with love, on your birthday and always. And now her sentiment, Tim, there is nothing else. <laughs> she copied that. There's nothing else that could make me feel more honored than sharing my life with you. I love you and am so proud of who you are. Okay. And then there's some more um, copy on there from the card company, but I'll, I'll just forego that for now. And now my daughter. Dad, as I look back on some great memories we've shared, some big life lessons learned, and the gifts of your acceptance and friendship through the years, I realize what a blessing I've received and what a blessing it is to have you for a dad. With a thankful heart for you on your birthday. And then she writes, Whoa, a serious card. Guess I feel a little more sentimental this year. I hope you know how much you're loved. I'm ready to rock out in Europe with you. Love, Anna. So this is just... uh, Two and a half years ago or so, because that's that's about the time we're getting ready to go to Europe um, in the spring of 2017, so really about three years ago. Um, okay, you can see that my family loved me, respected me. Let, me. let me go a little bit more, a couple more for my daughter. Along the way, step by step, there were footprints, big and strong, right when I needed them. That that's made all the difference dad now Anna writes in her own writing I am thankful to have a dad that hasn't been distant that has built me up that's been an example and an inspiration that has shown love and support that has made life tons of fun you have been all that and more one of my favorite things to do with you is go on a date with my daddy I love you thanking God for you on Father's Day and always love Anna okay um I hope this isn't getting too long, but I think you get the idea. There's another one where she writes, I might just have to be daddy's little girl forever. Thanks for everything. I would like to treat you to dinner sometime soon. That would make it a real daughter-daddy date. Love, Anna. And then just one real quick from, um, well, my son. Uh, not not quite so wordy. <laughs> not so creative in that area, but... Um, Actually, he is very creative in the area. He just didn't express it to me. But he, he did say, uh, here's a card that says, There's nobody quite like you, Dad. There's nobody who can tell a story or joke like you can. Nobody is hardworking, family-oriented, and kind-hearted as you. You're truly someone special, Dad, and the rest of us are truly blessed. And then in his own writing, thanks for being a great dad. We love you so much, Nathaniel and Angel. Then one real quick from my sister-in-law, where she uh, wrote... Uh, the last part of the sentiment says, you'll always be very in- important to me. And she underlined this. And I'll always be grateful that you are my brother. And in parentheses, she wrote, my real brother. Have a happy birthday. Love you, Tim, Pam. And then my mom, my mother-in-law. A son like you brings more than pride. You bring smiles and laughter and family to family moments, warmth and caring to the lives you touch. And then she writes in her own writing, so glad you are mine. Thank you so much for your kindness and caring love, Mom. Okay, all that, um, you may wonder why I just read all that to you. But like I said, as I go on uh, explaining my story, you're going to find out real soon how strange this story turns and why it's important that you understood what you just heard. 
So uh, I sold, I ended up selling my business uh, January of 2017, three, just over three years ago. Um, not knowing what I was going to go into, knowing that the sale of the business itself to my son would provide weekly checks that would keep most of my bills paid. I would have to do some other work to, um, you know, to add, to add to that, to enjoy life or, you know, to eat, even eat, I guess. I knew that, it, uh, <coughs> that, uh, the checks that I was getting from him would not totally pay everything, but it would, it would at least relieve some of the pressure as I found what else I wanted to do. So, um, I was confident that that would work, that plan would work, and I would just go out and find out what else I wanted to do. So I started doing some odd jobs and getting some extra money in, and then real soon, uh, uh, an opportunity came for me uh, to look at a network marketing company, something I'd never done before, something I'd never looked at, but it just seemed the way it came to me, it's kind of, it seemed like something the Lord might be saying, this is something I'm bringing your way. I, I, I've uh, other things have happened in my life where I've learned um, kind of the trademark of his handiwork, you know, as he presents something. So I took that, I took that opportunity. Uh, my wife is not real excited about it, but she also noticed that it might be something from the Lord. She said at the time that he gave her the word that don't look a gift horse in the mouth, even, a, even though it seems like not a real blessing. It seems like a strange thing. It might just be the thing that Tim needs at this point in his life. So while she was not on board with the procedures and the things that I was doing with that company, she was on board that this might be God's plan for me at the time. <coughs> anyway, now <coughs> what I began to realize shortly as I was, as I moved into this uh, kind of a new place in my life. Uh, I started realizing how many areas of my life were kind of bankrupt. You know, as, like like I said, things were comfortable, and I'd gotten used to things, and my my family life seemed good. But I realized that I really, I had spent thirty years kind of in isolation and getting more isolated in my company. Um, I didn't work with a lot of people. I just did my thing, got paid well for it, had had my son and my niece working for me, which was great. Um, but there's a lot of life skills that I lacked. There was a lot of passion that I lacked. There's a lot of uh, uh, the ability to work with people and care for people that I lacked. And I was a very impatient person at that time, at that period of my life. Um, I, I realized that there were things that were um, out of order. And of course, when, when everything was going smoothly, those things were kind of disguised and, and looked over and, and accepted as just part of life. But when, when things started getting a little harder, when life got a little harder, now that I'm in a new area of life and didn't have the, the day-to-day uh, things that I, that I had for those 30 years, now things started popping up to the top. You know, the, the, the inconsistencies, the, the, the bad parts, the hard parts of my life started showing up and just surfacing. And what I realized real soon is that the, that prayer 
I guess you could say when, when I felt like I was asked what would I do with the rest of my life, my answer to that was actually a prayer to God that went out to his ears and to his heart. And some of you might say it was a, a message to the universe, but whatever, it was something deep from my heart that went out that said, this is what I want. This is what I want to become. And that is what began to transpire. I did not realize how serious that was, how strong that was, and how um, what course this would set me on when I, when I basically just thought that to begin everything. But now, as I was beginning this course, some things started kind of making a little bit more sense. So I knew, for one, that I desperately needed to work on relationships with people. While I had what I thought were decent relationships with my family, I did not have many friends. I didn't have good relationships with a lot of people. I didn't know how to do that. I desperately wanted it, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to to make someone feel important. You know, I, I saw other people that were good at that. My father-in-law was very good at that. Um, when, when we have uh, get, get-togethers at our house and I saw other people conversing with one another and drawing each other out and asking about their lives, I always envied that because I, I saw how happy that made people feel, but I lacked something in me, just lacked the ability to do that. I was very introspective. I could talk about myself easily, but I did not know how to draw out someone else and help them talk about themselves. I I wanted that. I wanted to learn how to do that. I wanted to change. I, I, you know, I knew that I was on a new course and I wanted to change. So again, as I was in this new part of my journey, I was asking at this point, God, help me change. Help me learn to do that. And he began pouring it on. Now in this, this network marketing company, uh, you know, I developed a bunch of new relationships, which got me very excited. I, I started learning about, you know, I mean, I, out of necessity, had to start talking to people and kind of start marketing and selling and stuff that I'd never done before. Didn't know how to do didn't know how to approach it. And I, I well knew of, uh, you know, the, the, the dangers of, uh, of getting into that kind of, a, a situation and, you know, Amway. And I mean, I, I heard so many stories from so many people and I was aware of that even before I got into this, that that's, it's a very risky thing because you can l- turn a lot of people off and you can lose relationships. So while I was cognizant of that, I also felt like for some reason, this is something God wants me to to learn to do the right way, or you know, to, to to just get in here and and do my best at it. So I vowed. I told my wife at the time, I'm going to give this two years. I'm not sure why I came up with that, but I just said I'm going to give this two years of my hardest effort, and and see how it goes. And at the end of two years, I'll re reevaluate and, uh, you know, see if I want to continue with it or, or if that is enough. Uh, now, the, the network marketing company, of course, tells you when you get in that you need to never give up. That's, that's their whole pitch is that if you never give up, you will be successful. And uh, they, there's, I'm sure there's some truth to that. But at any rate, that, that uh, commitment I made was something that I wanted to strongly hold to. I've always been something like when, when I make a promise, I keep it. 
So I got in there and I went for it. I, I decided I'm going to listen to everything these people tell me. I don't know anything about this industry. I don't know anything about what I'm doing here. I'm going to do what they say, the people that have made it especially, um, you know, and are making good money. I'm going to do what they say and, and see if it works for me. Well, it began working. I started making money pretty quick. I, uh, I was able to convince several people right off the bat that this was a good deal that this was a, um, you know, something that would benefit their lives. And I felt great to begin with. I got to a certain point uh, quickly, which was way further than most people ever get in network marketing. So I was, I was uh, pumped about that. I was really excited that, you know, this, this thing really is from God. It's really working. But at the same time, the more I got into that, the, the more stress came between me and my wife and my kids because they saw me doing this thing all the time and kind of putting off other things in order to apply myself to this. Um, so at a point in this, after I had made quite a bit of uh, success and gotten to a certain level, uh, stuff started to dry up. And now something wasn't working that had been working. And I'm, I wasn't sure why. It didn't seem like I had changed anything. But something stopped working, and, and the, the fun of it started getting not so fun anymore. It started getting very hard, and at the same time, my relationship with my wife continued to get, to get more stressful, and she began distancing herself from me. And, and uh, shortly after that time, uh, you know, we had just gone on that trip to Europe, and come back uh, while I was, you know, starting off in this company. <clears throat> Things were still okay at that point. But shortly after we got back, I, I tried to explain this to my daughter. I wanted, I, I wanted so bad to bless her because I believed in what I was doing. I believed that I could see that it had make, made people money and had been good and, and been a good thing for people. So I wanted to share it and bless my family with it naturally. It was a kind of a long-range plan that I, I just wanted them to be on board with. I tried sharing it. My daughter didn't get it. She didn't like what I was saying and rejected it almost before I felt she even knew what I was talking about or understood or saw it. So my response to that was to push harder and to try to make her understand what I was saying um, instead of to back off. And that only made things worse. From that point on, from that point to today, she decided that she was not going to talk to me anymore. I was so, so uh, intense with my, you know, my belief at that, at that point in what I was doing that I was overpowering and overwhelming to my daughter to the point that she felt like she, the only way that she could be free from my domineering was to back off and say, I am not talking to you anymore. And like I said, from that point to, to today, it's been three years, um, or just about three years. She has not, uh, allowed me to talk to her. Um, and she, you know, she will not, and she's cut me off from her Facebook, cut me off from her text. She won't allow me to text her, talk to her, communicate in any way. And, it, and it's just gotten weird. I mean, I just did not expect that. Sometime after that, my wife and I, uh, things continued to get 
more tense because at the same time, while I made some money with that company, uh, like I said, it started to kind of dry up and things were harder. I was uh, away from home a lot more and, and things were not going good. I was I was working as hard as I could. I was trying as hard as I could. I knew that my, you know, at some point the money coming in from my son to pay for my business was going to end. And then I, if I didn't have something else in place at that point, I'd really be up a creek. So I had the pressure of feeling like I need to get something going. So I put so much energy into that, you know, that what I was doing, because I thought that was the answer, that it totally turned off my wife. Eventually my son, my daughter was already turned off. And after two years of trying my hardest and having some success at it, making some money at it, I looked at it and said, okay, I believe I've learned what I've needed to learn in this. I believe God's done a work in me. I'm not going to keep pursuing it. My, it's tearing my family up. I can't, I can't keep this. I need, I need to quit. So I decided on the two year anniversary of joining that company to unjoin it. I, I stopped trying to make any money with it. Now there was still some residual income coming in, which was nice. Uh, for a couple more years, I, I got some residual income until just recently. But I did not pursue it anymore. Um, stopped completely um, trying to market um, that, that company. So that meant I had to find something else. I, um, I, I launched out uh, just trying to figure out what it is. Well, I didn't really launch out. Let me say this. A, a, a man was brought to my attention through a, a mutual friend that had been in the network marketing company but also was disenfranchised with the way things often happen in those and he had an idea that kind of took advantage of the the network but didn't but was not network selling was you know it was a totally different idea that i thought was genius i mean i just thought it was some, something i'd never heard before so again with my passion and my and my um desperation i guess you'd say I decided I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to, he and I are going to build this thing. It's, it's going to be brand new. We're going to introduce it to the world and it's going to be great. So I started working passionately on that. And my wife is a little bit more open to that. She, you know, she liked the guy all right. And it was not directly in the kind of thing I'd been doing. So she was trying to be supportive with me uh, over that, but she was still not great with it. In the middle of that, I, uh, my sister, I found out was getting ready to go through a divorce after 30 some odd years with being married to her husband. And um, she was gonna be basically by herself out in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, having to move out of a big house that they owned that they were selling through the divorce and splitting. And she also had just had knee surgery for the second time on the same knee and was going to be crippled, basically, where she couldn't hardly move, let alone move furniture and try to find a new place to live. And I just felt a compassion come over me uh, that I needed to go help her out. She really didn't have her. Now, she had a couple kids that lived in town, but uh, I didn't know how, you know, how much they were going to help. So. I'm, I talked to her and made plans, and she was very grateful for that. At the same time, my wife and I kind of needed some space, so we decided that would be a good move. We were getting along. We, we had been going to counseling. We were trying to, uh, 
you know, trying to get through these things together. But uh, we decided that would be a good move. So I moved out there with a plan to help my sister move out of her house into some temporary living quarters and then help her find a, a permanent house to, to buy with the money that came out of the divorce and move into that and then I would move back home. That was the plan that was agreed on by my wife and also agreed that while I was there, I wouldn't take any of the money, the, the money that had been coming in um, from the sale of my son's business. My wife could have all that to continue living as she was in the house here in Arkansas. And, and plus we had an Airbnb going that she could use all that money. So anything that we're currently living on here would be hers to, to use. I would only live on the money from the residual that was still coming in from my network marketing company and anything new that I could find to do. I felt like this moving to a new area, a new place in the country might bring in new associations and might stimulate something new. So my plan was to live only on what I, what I could drum up, the new business that I could drum up. So things were okay. I moved out there. I was communicating with my wife, but I was also um, still kind of desperate in my desire and my trying to get something going. And as my wife would, and I would talk, I, I sensed a pressure from her, which is very understandable. Like, how are things going? What, what do you got going? Do you have money coming in yet? Do you, you know, what's, and it, and it just, every day as we talked, I sensed this and felt this and it was not helping me. It was not making me feel more confident in myself is making me feel worse about myself. So I asked if it would be all right if we communicated a little bit less, maybe just called her uh, once a week or, or, you know, every so often instead of every day because I needed some more time to build my confidence. And she, she agreed with that, that that was fine. Well, somehow, somewhere in that point, I am um, uh, in that agreement, uh, something happened. I, I, I decided to buy a course with the money that I had already made and some of the residual income that was coming in, plus other projects I was doing out there. I decided to buy a course, a, a personal coaching course to help me, you know, really get further in, in my progress. And it was exa exactly what I needed. It was just perfect uh, to, to build my confidence, to help me uh, to become the person I needed to become. But for, uh, I guess I put my home address in Arkansas as, as my address when it, when it asked me to fill out the paperwork. And so the receipt for that course came home where my wife opened the mail and found that. And she got the feeling or the understanding, something got misconstrued that I was out there just spending all sorts of money. I was gonna bankrupt her. I was doing all these foolish things with my money because she didn't know what that was, that $3,000 was for. Um, and so she immediately came to a conclusion in her mind that she held as true. And then I noticed she was totally different the next time we talked on the phone. And when I tried to find out what was going on, why she felt like she did, she would not say much other than she did indicate that she opened that, that um, receipt and saw that amount and just knew that she couldn't trust me anymore. So from that point on, 
my relationship with her became increasingly distant. She stopped sharing with me. She she told me that she lost trust in me. She lost faith in me. Um, and I felt increasingly more on my own. Now, over the next several months, I... My, my sister and I continued to, uh, my sister joined me in my, um, my journey and because she was on her own journey now, having been divorced from her husband with not knowing what she would do with the rest of her life. And we began journeying together and just all sorts of things began opening up, um, unfolding different meetings that we were going to and just different truths that we were uh, learning together through books that we were reading, people we were listening to. And it was just exciting, just very exciting because it was so applicable. Everything we were learning was so uh, hopeful for both of our futures. And yet at the same time, my I couldn't do anything about my relationship with my wife. She wouldn't listen to me. She wouldn't talk with me. She wouldn't take my calls. Um, I, I couldn't talk with her. So that that home life began drying up. My, my daughter was already distant from me. My wife was getting distant from me. Now, my son and I were still talking some, but, um, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about anything very deep. We just um, caught up every, every now and then. At any rate, and I'm going to kind of wrap this up now for this session, but we, uh, uh, the, the time came that I eventually, after about four and a half months, I'd, I'd gone through that whole process that I went to Louisville for, I, I had made some connections out there. I had started some real estate investing, which was a new thing. Um, I had started that personal coaching program, and I, I felt like I had achieved that goal to, to find associations and get a, a new thing started. Um, I had also helped my sister uh, move out of her house, move into temporary headquarters, and then move, and then together we found a house that was just right for her. and. Uh, it was actually the day before uh, we were to move into that that I had already lined up a flight. Or um, Actually, I had my, my plane with me. I flew out there myself, and, and the weather was lining up for me to fly back. So I, I had thought that we would be in her house before I flew back, but it ended up I had to fly back the day before she moved into that new house. Anyway, I felt like I had accomplished my mission. She got the help that she needed. Things worked out fine for her moving into her house. And I came back home, not knowing exactly what I would find, but hoping that I would patch up, uh, you know, the strangeness that had happened with my wife. It was shortly before Thanksgiving. I had all these visions of, okay, this is Thanksgiving, seven years after the fire that burned down our physical house and we rebuilt. This is going to be like the year of Jubilee and I'm going to come home and you know, this, my life is now burned down with my family and I'm going to uh, rebuild it and things are going to be restored and we're going to live happily ever after. I had all these things thinking that maybe, you know, I had a, a week between when I got home and Thanksgiving. I had these visions of having this wonderful Thanksgiving together and rejoicing. Anyway, we had a meeting. My wife had scheduled a meeting with with some counselors just before Thanksgiving, like a, a couple days before, and she'd, she'd scheduled a two-hour meeting with the counselor that we had been seeing together, a man and a, and a woman counselor that worked out of the same office. 
and uh, she asked me to come to that. So I did. I showed up at that meeting, and in the first two minutes that I got in there and we sat down, all four of us, she announced that she wanted a divorce, that she was done, she wanted a divorce, and um, that was basically all she had to say. She didn't, uh, as the counselor started trying to ask some questions and uh, talk to us both, she got up and excused herself and left the room. So just, again, now, now I think you can see how this truth stranger than fiction starts playing out. So from that point, and I'm going to shorten it now because I will go into more of this detail later in other episodes, but from that point on, my relationship with my son now started getting, and it, it's always been very close. I've been able to share very, my son and I meet, have met for breakfast uh, oftentimes every week for long periods of time, and we were, uh, we were meeting a little bit when I came back. But now that relationship, out of his confusion and not knowing what was going on, began to get stressed with me. And he began to back off from me and then began to accuse me of being a terrible father and being a terrible leader and not knowing what I was doing and being proud and, and, and just, just things that broke my heart. But it was out of his not understanding what was going on. So... Again, if you go back to the beginning of this where I read these wonderful uh, cards and sentiments from my family, to this point in my life, everything that I lived for, my family was everything that I wanted uh, to, to have. That was my security. That was, that was what I lived for, to make them happy, to please them, to make a great life for them, was now taken away from me. None of them wanted anything to do with me. And as I speak today... That stands the same way. Now, this has just been, uh, you know, a few weeks ago at this at this point in time that has gotten to this point. Uh, it's been about a couple months since my wife announced she wanted a divorce and she uh, filed for that divorce. It's not gone through yet, but uh, my whole family has excommunicated me. My sister-in-law, who wrote that nice card, my mother-in-law, who also write, wrote nice things back then, will not speak to me, will not see me. And that is my reality today as I speak to you. And as bizarre as that sounds and as painful as that has been, I've got some incredible uh, epitome. God has shown me some incredible things out of this. And I am not destitute. I am not uh, crushed. I am more excited than ever and realize that what is happening with my family, what is happening because of my family is exactly on schedule. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's answering my prayer that I prayed some three and a half years ago and the prayers that I prayed since then. And he's bringing to pass the very thing that I asked him to. And so I want to explain in my next episode how I've come to that conclusion because it's been anything but easy. It's been anything but uh, what the way I would have imagined it happening or wanted it to happen, but it is happening exactly as it must and exactly to in the timing that must take place. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out this session for today. I know it's getting long, but I want to talk to you 
next week, hopefully you'll tune in and just go into more detail about how I've come to that conclusion. So thank you for taking the time with me. Goodbye.